Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the Sports Betting Network. In for Stormy today, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings Sportsbook alongside Michael Lombardi. Boy, Michael, on the drive-in, you know, I was like, wow, we get to talk national championship, what we saw there, I'll get ready for the NFL. Play. And then, bam, Stephanie, our fine producer, says, did, did you hear the news? And I'm like, yes, I just heard it on the radio coming in. That the big news here of this hour, Michael, is the Titans have relieved Mike Vrabel of his duties as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans after six years. And, you know, it's always great doing the show with you, but what a perfect opportunity to do the show with you and, and pick your brain on this breaking news. I know this is something you might have seen coming when others didn't. I certainly did not see this, but you're clearly much, much more connected in this space in, in what's going on in the front offices. So it's not surprising to you while it's probably surprising to most, correct? Well, I, I think there's, I, I reported this on the GM shuffle. We talked, Femi and I talked at length about, there has been conflict within the building. And, you know, there is, this is what happens when you hire a general manager that didn't hire the coach. Mm-hmm. The visions don't align. And I think ultimately, what Amy Adams, the owner of the of the Titans, decided was she's going to go with Rand Carthon, let him rebuild the team, get himself his own coach, and let Mike Vrabel go. She claimed she didn't try to trade him. She just thought it was cleaner to do it this way and move forward. She believes in the release that they have a bright young quarterback and a nucleus of very good young players. We shall see if that proves to be correct. But here's what you have to know. As betters and as anybody involved in football – The number one job of any general manager is to get the right head coach. The number two job is to get the right quarterback short and long term. Tennessee yesterday when they went to bed, they had one of those coaches that was the best coach. Today they wake up, they still have two problems. Now, they think they said the quarterback in Will Levis. We shall see. But Mike Vrabel, you know, people say, well, now he's on the he's number one on the list. Mike Vrabel's on a different list. Okay, Mike Vrabel's on. We're going to hire that guy if I can get him. And his agent, Neil Cormich, just so happens to represent Bill Belichick. Mm. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Everybody's tying him back to the Patriots. 
I can't see him going back to the Patriots and replacing Belichick if they make that move. Could I see him going back to the Patriots? Perhaps. Hmm. And eventually replacing Belichick. So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes here that people don't know and are not aware of. And they're trying to use two connections to make a simple solution. Fascinating, because I think when you think of the Texas, the Titans, rather, for the last at least six years, right, you kind of, you thought Vrabel first, like, like this is the identity goes through the head coach here. And then the tentacles from that were the Derrick Henry's and the Ryan Tannehill's. And maybe all those guys are going to be out now. Right. And it's out with the old and, and in with the new there, according to Amy Adams in her statement. But you mentioned the, the list, right, that there's a short list of guys out there for candidates for jobs that are opening. And there's not that many jobs right now to be had. How does that change the equation for, you know, the Chargers, potentially the Raiders, you know, others teams that maybe you go, we had our eye on this guy and we'll get to Harbaugh and all those things, too. Does he go right to the very front of all of those lines or is it a certain job for Vrabel that would be the right job? I think Vrabel, you know, when you go through it, David, when you go through the, this, this program of the NFL and you're in situations which I've, I call sometimes you're in a situation you can only grow from and sometimes you can make a difference in. And when you're in one of these where you really can't make a difference, where you don't have as the control over your team, where the roster, the guy controlling the roster and you don't see eye to eye, there's political conflict within the building, you have no chance to mm. win. And once you go through that, the next job you take, you don't take unless you have that alignment. People talk about alignment, but they, everybody's on the same page. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's on the same page till the first game. And then when you lose, then the alignment gets a little messed up. Alignment and being on the same page are two different things. The next job Rabel takes, he'll have complete alignment within the building he goes to. Whether he goes, sits out a year and waits, because he certainly could do that, or whether he goes somewhere and waits, he could do that. Or he takes a job like Atlanta where he could run the program. I think that ultimately he's going to have his pick of whatever he wants to do. And I don't see money being an issue. Six years, three playoff appearances. Did get to an AFC title game, and they led that game 17-0 against the Chiefs. I think people have already forgotten that uh, before the Chiefs really flipped the script there. So, yeah, it feels like if, if he wants work, he won't be out of work very longer. You mentioned New England. And we don't know what's going to happen with Belichick there. But it, when you mention a kind of a reunion there, could you see, like, let's bring in McDaniels, you know, bring Josh back, bring Rabel back, and they go back to their old roles and run it back? I, I could see it. I could see it. You know, now, look, you, you know, that's got to be – first of all, you, you know, you have – if you try to do that, you, Rabel's got to be amendable to it. I don't know. I didn't talk to Mike. I don't know yeah. if he would want to come and be a coach in waiting. Because, you know, Bill's – how many more years is Bill going to coach? Five, three, two? I don't know. But I think that, that, that once he has a meeting, which he has with Robert Kraft, and they've aired what, the, what they need to do, there'll be a plan in place. Either Bill will be there or there'll be a different plan in place. Certainly with McDaniels available and his relationship with the Kraft family, along with Bill, that's an easy one. But, you know, and he still owns a home in the Boston area. He never sold his home hmm. when he became the Raiders head coach. His family stayed back there. So there's certainly a lot of connectivity you can make, but nobody really knows what Mike is thinking because I think this caught Mike off guard. You know, the owner kind of went in there anticipating that, you know, maybe she was going to have to make amends. I fully expected her to realize, I think I need to make sure Mike's okay before I make sure Rand's okay. 
but she clearly went down the Rand the, the, the direction, which just fits kind of what Bill Walsh has said since he got in the league in the, in the early 60s and the 70s, is whoever's talking to the owner on a daily basis, it, it matters more than the coach. Absolutely fascinating the way these things, these tentacles uh, go. And now we've seen the way that the Titans go. To that end, very quickly, Michael, when you look at Tennessee, Rand Carthon, Amy Adams, what their vision is, is this a guessing game as to what they want to do when you're moving on from Vrabel to your point? What's better than Vrabel out there? Maybe there is, and maybe they're going to find what they're looking for. There's nobody. I mean, it's going to be hard to find somebody better than Vrabel today. Maybe they can get lucky and find another Vrabel and take some time. Maybe they will. You know, I, I, and Rand Carthon will get a guy that he's comfortable working with, that he feels that he can, you know, work and, and they can work in concert together. Okay, great. That works. However, that being said, I, I think to me it's going to be a growing process. And if they think they have the quarterback situated with Levis, then I need to go back and watch tape or they need to go back and watch tape. I don't think anybody in that building on the coaching side – thinks that Levis is the guy. And certainly we know that 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 Vrabel doesn't think he's a guy because he would have played Tannehill for most of the time. We know Malik Willis isn't the guy. So it, I think that's going to just continue to, to stew. But now you have Will, now Rand Carthon can go out there and he can go get the guy that he wants. And that'll bring harmony within the organization. Does that mean you're going to win? No. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to win, but at least you have everybody on working towards one common goal. Yeah, and again, we've got a lot of coaching news that we want to get to uh, throughout the program here for the next two hours. I do want to bring up this report uh, from Josina Anderson of CBS Sports that the Patriots uh, made, quote, informal inquiries regarding Bill Belichick. Excuse me, the Panthers, not the Patriots. The Panthers uh, have inquired about Bill Belichick from the Patriots. Like, would that make sense to you, Michael, that if you go, all right, if, if Bill really wants to move on, there are obviously other suitors out there. We'll find out what D.C. is going to do now that Ron Rivera has been officially removed from his post. Like, this is going to be for Bill, if he really wants to to look at other places, other places are looking at him. Well, yeah, just like Mike Vrabel. Nobody anticipated, everybody thought Mike Vrabel would go back. He's too good of a coach. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's list is different. You know, everybody's list, the commander's list just got different. Mm. The Panthers' list just got different. You know, Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank's list just got different down in Atlanta. Uh, and, and I think to me, what I've learned being in this league is sometimes patience is a virtue. If you take a step back and let them let the area declare what's happening, you have a better picture of what could happen. And so it makes to me, you know, asking if Kraft and Belichick are going to continue their relationship. It's really not about that as much. You can't say we're bringing Bill back for a year, especially in light of where the team is right now. You're either bringing them back for three years, five years and you have a plan in place to succeed them, or you're going to have to make the decision to go somewhere else. And I, I can't really say where that's going. I think it's got to be really up to craft. Yeah, as a, as a former GM in this league, knowing how, what it takes to succeed, do you, you know, I've heard this, that normally it's a great young quarterback paired with a great defensive mind, right? And we know Belichick, that's clearly his specialty, and Vrabel too comes from that, that same cloth. Do you believe in that kind of formula, or do you think there's many ways to potentially get it done? Well, I, I think one of the things that always concern you, and we've seen this in Los Angeles, is when you go, uh, when you go strictly with somebody you think, or Jacksonville, I should say, you end up not having a very tough team. I think Jacksonville's biggest issue is there's no toughness on their team. 
you know, you got a play caller as a head coach and Doug Peterson. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl. But, you know, I mean, right now, their, their team and Trevor Lawrence, for all the conversation, somebody put on Twitter, David, you compare Trevor Lawrence numbers to Mac Jones, and they're somewhat similar. Oof. Now, I know you can do anything with numbers, but it, it's kind of scary that it's even close, right? Yeah. But he certainly doesn't look like the first overall pick. So that, that rhetoric that we've been reading about for two years, well, Peterson's made him better. No, not really true. Not true. You can say it, but like a lot of things people say, they're not true. You know, and so I, I think to me, you got to pair him up with somebody who can build the team. I know I understand that Brady played offense, defense, kicking game, kicked the field goals, taped the players, did everything. And that's the reason the Patriots won six Super Bowls and Belichick had nothing to do with it. But <laughs> when you go back through history and you look over what teams win championships, it takes a great head coach and a great quarterback. I mean, Tom Landry butted heads with Roger Staubach. They were, they were, I mean, it happens, right? We know this throughout the course of NFL history, that's for sure. Michael, fascinating stuff. Much more on what's going on. The coaching uh, pool just got deeper. But when we come back, let's put a bow on college football and talk about what we saw last night. Hail victors. That's next here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for a betting edge through the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get access to our daily best bets with a lead board to see which VEASAN expert has a current on hand. Betting switch, show you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. Plus, betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access. Sign up today. Get your first 30 days for only $9.99 to see everything VEASAN has to help up your betting game. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe and sign up now. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. It is all over. College football has come to an end. Makes me a little sad each and every Tuesday when this happens, Michael. Uh, but hail victors. Michigan gets the easy win. Easy cover, by the way. 34-13. Oh. Total stays under 56.5. Actually, some late money came in to push it down a little bit. I saw some 55s out there. Uh, Michael, i got to be honest with you. I was surprised by this one. I was rooting for Harbs in a way, but I thought it was too high of a number. Boy, was I wrong. 
Uh, they won the yeah. line of scrimmage. They win the game easily. What's your biggest takeaway from Michigan now, now becoming uh, national champions? Well, I mean, I was spoke up there this August. I talked to the team. It was one of the most connected teams I've ever been around in my life. I, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of great teams. And just walking in that building, just being around that team, you could feel it in the air. You really could. So winning didn't surprise me. The toughness of their team didn't surprise me. I was really impressed with their ability to handle the skill, take away the deep ball from Washington. You know, and I think with, what, with, with their ability to make Washington put 10 or 12 good plays together without giving them that explosive and their ability to run the football where Washington really lost gap control in the game early and build that lead, they were just the dominant team. And, and I could tell I was on Michigan. I was on, oh, excuse me, Washington and laying the points. I was with you. But from the very first drive of the game, you knew that, you knew that was wrong. Mm. They controlled the game from the minute the game started. There was never a doubt. And their hardest game was Alabama, not Washington. And that doesn't dismiss anything from Washington. Just Washington just didn't have enough to really to make a difference in the game and stop it. And, and we said yesterday on the Lombardi line with, with Femi, we, we agreed that if you like well, Michigan, take the under. Yeah. If you thought Washington was going to win, take the over. That proved to be true. You know, I just didn't see the dominance of the Michigan run game against Washington, and they really just kicked their butt up front. It was a great win for Jim. I'm really happy for him because his team is much like his personality, mentally tough. Yeah, I, I saw it the exact same way, kind of a correlated play there. I thought we'd get more points, and I thought Washington would be in this game. Uh, and I think what happens now is it, it is funny you say that, like the Bama game was the tougher game. I made the analogy last week. It was almost like the 1980 Olympics, right? USA beats uh, the Soviet Union. And it's like, well, they still have to go play the gold medal game. That was against Finland. Not to say that Washington turned out to be Finland, but it did feel like Bama was the big one, right? And then they get through that. You wonder if sometimes it takes a little bit out of you and you still have to play that final game. That was not the case, certainly for Michigan last night. On the Michael Penix side, and I know I went, I mean, just wowed by what we saw against Texas. And then last night you saw him miss some throws that we haven't seen him miss in big spots. The fourth down play in the second quarter really kind of was a backbreaker early for Washington. What did you take away from Penix in that performance? Because I know some are going to do the revision as well. He was never that guy. No, he, he really yeah. was against Texas. Does this translate next level, or do we have to take a pause and really look at that tape from last night? Well, I, I think, look, every quarterback – has a hard time when they're getting under pressure, mm -hmm. when the game speeds up, right? When the game speeds up and there's not enough balance within the attack, they couldn't really run the ball. It, that became a real issue for them. So there was no real easy plays to make. And yeah, he missed some throws. I mean, the touchdown pass he had earlier in the game, you know, where the, there's a holding and he points out to it. Uh, I think that was obviously, he shows his, his ability to scan the field and make throws, but you know, the receiver that the, in that second quarter where they missed that throw, I think he thought the receiver was going to break outside, uh, and the receiver took it too far in. Again, you know, when you're playing a game and the speed of the game is really bad, I, I think that's the issue. And so I think you have to be, you know, you have to temper it. Look, you're going to get it. You're going to be under pressure. There's no question at quarterback. And you're not going to have your best day when you're under pressure. And I, that's kind of how I look at it. They did a great job of taking away – his deep ball and forcing him to have to take the, the shorter throws constantly with pressure on him.
Great point. Like you watch Washington in the Texas game and Washington pretty much throughout the year. It's deep shots that Caleb DeBoer's offense takes, right? Last night, they almost became a screen team. So you, you saw that early, right? That they said, all right, we got to switch this up because we don't have the time to let these plays develop down the field. Was that really the difference offensively for Washington? Yeah, I think that's the case, right? So, I mean, look, I think what they did a great job of Michigan all throughout this this playoff series was game planning. The defensive staff particularly, uh, they game planned Milrow perfectly. And then last night they game planned they game planned Penix perfectly too. They forced them to take away the deep throws. They forced them to play outside their comfort zone. They forced him to really become a patient thrower and put the stress on the offensive line. And they felt like their defensive line could win the game. And as we keep talking about, the reality of football is if your D-line's playing well, then you got a chance to – it doesn't matter how the secondary plays. It matters how your D-line plays. The Eagles, perfect example. The Eagles last year, you know, they were better at linebacker. They're, they're secondary. You could have attacked them last year. The problem was this year they, they, they got pressure on you. They had 70 sacks last year. This year, 43 sacks, no pressure. Oh, all of a sudden we don't have a good secondary. You didn't have one good last year. You just <laughs> got away with it because of the pressure. Same thing with Michigan. They played really well up front. We saw John Harbaugh uh, was there for his brother, Jim. Of course, John beat Jim back when the Ravens beat the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Jack Harbaugh, of course, the dad, the architect here of the family, who's got it better than us, nobody. If, if you gave Jack Harbaugh truth serum today, Michael, which title is more impressive, John with the Ravens or Jim with Michigan? Well, I mean, they're both that that marathon's hard to, to to achieve, right? They're both struggles. They're both marathons, and so I think to me, you know, this national championship in college football is such a a hard thing to get into. You have to be in position. You got to you got to play two games to win it. You know, I know in pro football you get you got to play a game. You got to get win two games to get into the final, but then you have a week off to prepare. This is a little harder. I think the college thing, because of the landscape of college football, is much harder. But I think what Jim's done with his team, with all the controversy, with all the stuff around them, it didn't distract them at all. They embraced it. They loved it. They they wanted more of it. Like no, They were not deterred at all. They, their focus was centered on, we're going to win this game. And I think, really, the TCU game was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to the program because everybody came back with a resolve. They got embarrassed by TCU. They got embarrassed. They didn't expect it. They got outcoached. They got outclassed. They got outplayed. And now that helped them when they got ready to play a Washington team. That's kind of similar, right? They're going to spread you out and try to make it a, 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 a passing game. They rallied to it. So I think you, you live and learn. You know, it's funny because Blake Quorum gets up there on the podium after they win the national championship. And he said, referring to that TCU game, unfinished business. And now... We finished the business. Like that, that's exactly what, because people are like, why is Blake Corm coming back? They're coming back for a common goal to try to win something, and that's exactly yeah. what they achieved. Yeah, you could feel it, David. They, they were in that building, and you could feel it. It was, it was August I was there. There was no game. The head coach was under, you know, he was going to get suspended for how many games because of, you know, buying somebody a breakfast at IHOP and didn't bother. I watched the practice. I mean, they were into it. And it all comes from him, right? He has incredible mental toughness. Yes. He has incredible will to win. And he did it as a player. He did it when he went to university. He's won everywhere he's been. He's a 71 win percentage coach. 10 to 1 for Michigan to repeat as national champions next year. But the bigger question is, 
that is incumbent upon if you want to play those numbers. Jim Harbaugh comes back to Ann Arbor. What do you make? Because you know the NFL is going to come calling. We know he's got a, an NFL agent, if you will, now. It, like, it's hard to figure out what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. But, boy, it does feel well, like. I can tell you, he won't go to Tennessee. He won't go to Tennessee. He's not coming in there to work for Rand Carthon. So you can scratch them off. I doubt if he would go to Washington if they hire. Sounds like they're going to hire president of football operations, and then they're going to hire the coach. That ain't going to happen. Mm. You know, so I think it's either going to be somebody comes after him and says, you're going to, you can run the program. You can put your personnel guy in place. You got complete authority. You're the CEO of the company. Cause that's what he is at Michigan, David. Yeah. He's the CEO of Michigan football. He doesn't call plays. He doesn't call defense. He, he handles recruiting. He handles the team. He runs the game like a CEO. He holds coaches accountable. He holds the players accountable. And I think unless he gets that deal, he's not going to go anywhere. Now, certainly Carolina should offer him that deal. If I were Washington, I would have offered that deal. But Washington has more people involved in the search than they actually have on their team. So, you know, I don't know what to say on that. Well, what a novel concept, holding people accountable. Uh, it's worked for Michigan. Uh, and again, 10 to 1 for them to repeat as national champions next year. Michael, so much to get to in the NFL. We'll get into some of the more of those headlines here. The big one, of course, Mike Vrabel, no longer the head coach at Tennessee. Come on back. The Lombardi line continues. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN Daily Newsletter. In today's newsletter, they examine win totals Teams like the Cowboys that were predicted at nine and a half wins, well over that at 12. And even the Raiders, uh, excuse me, the Ravens could have got them at eight and a half wins this summer. So get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight to your inbox absolutely free. Visit beeson.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, Dave Ross here. We continue the coaching carousel. And it's interesting because, Michael, you know this in Dallas. Every year, it doesn't matter, right? Is Big Mike, is he going to get fired if they lose in the first round? You know, 12 wins. He just keeps stacking 12 wins every year, like in the newsletter today. And and yet the questions still get asked to Jerry about his coach. Is this just, is this what happens when you coach America's team? That it doesn't matter, Michael. You're going to get those questions. Well, look, I mean, it it, it doesn't. It's based on what the media wants to ask, right? Nobody in the media thinks Mike's a good coach. And they all say he's so they keep, they keep, they all keep he's bad play caller. Remember, remember when Kellen Moore left? Oh yeah, I mean, you thought you thought we were going to have a horse-drawn parade. You thought it was going to be like Lincoln's funeral. We were going to have to recreate it. How could we let this guy go? Mike can't call plays. Go through Twitter. L- listen to all the analytical people tell you why Mike was a disaster. I so love it. Mike's not. Mike's not media friendly why is bill belichick on the hot seat with six super bowls and robert sala sitting there with a 33 percent winning percentage after 50 games and none of his coordinators are in trouble why because there's no nobody in the media is driving that they're going to drive bill's a bad coach brady's no brady won all the titles they don't like bill that's fact you know, and so that's what you read about. You that's what that's the information you get in front of you. They don't like McCarthy. They don't overlook it. He's on the hot seat. You know, he's on the hot seat. Well, I mean, he's done a really good job. He's done a way Great better job. job than Jason Garrett ever did. I, I he did a way better job than he ever did. Couldn't agree more. You know, so like you just can't it, like 
And, and what happens is, in fairness to the media, they know they can influence certain owners, right? We, they know that, you know, that Mark Davis is going to be influenced by the media. So if he wants Antonio Pierce, they want, they're going to push it. Like you, they know you can't influence the Steelers. The Steelers pay no attention. But there's certain things. So that's, that's where the story becomes. They don't let the story die. Like Mike's done a hell of a job this year. The numbers, you know, now you take Philadelphia, you know, Philly struggled this year and Philly is, they want everybody fired. They want everybody fired. They, Matt Patricia comes in and takes over. He's an ex-patriot. They hate all ex-patriots because they beat him in a Super Bowl once, even though they beat him once. You know, so he's a bad coach. We got to get rid of him. It's all based on what they think of. It's not, no, but who, who's analyzing it? <laughs> who's studying the tape to say, boy, this Cowboy team's really, the other coaches are. Oh, I, it's I, like I ask, I ask this question all the time. If you called up Andy Reid and said, well, where wouldn't you want Bill Belichick to go? He would say the Chargers. Right. I mean, right. that's really the comp. That's the only confirmation that matters. Who doesn't want to compete against you? Great point. Great way. A very succinct way of putting it. And I, I, again, couldn't agree more on the Mike McCarthy front. I loved everybody's like, oh, Kellen Moore's gone. Cowboys offense is going to be terrible. They were much better this year. Big Mike calling the plays there in New Orleans. This is so interesting to me because of what we saw with the victory formation and Jameis Winston basically saying, I did what I wanted to do, and I didn't care what Dennis Allen said. It led to Arthur Smith, and we saw that in the fiasco there in the 50-yard line. Allen says he expects to be back in the bayou in 2024, which I think is what you normally would say when you're employed. Like, I expect to be going to work and doing my job. What do you make of the way that went down? Because, you know, again, according to X, it's either the greatest thing you've ever seen or it was mutiny on the bounty. It, it does appear to me from the outside looking in, when you – change the play call to do what you want to do, does that not show a level of disrespect to the head coach? No, I think it really showed a level of respect to the player. I think they felt really bad about their teammate. Mm. I think they wanted to help their teammate. I, I, I think we're making way too much out of this. Really, I think we are. I mean, look, we're talking about this, okay? This is how, much, this is how little people know about football. We're talking about this ridiculous score that had nothing to do with the game. Because Arthur Smith is upset and he was angry. And no one's talking about Trevor Lawrence sneaking the ball from the one-and-a-half-yard line when the guard pulled to block the outside guy when, the pl- when he changed the play. What's the difference? Mm. Was he being disrespectful to Peterson? No one's asking that question. Right. No one's asking. That, that to me, is really disrespectful because that game was on the line. This game was meaningless. This game was completely meaningless. It had nothing to do with it. It can be handled internally. You know, look, you didn't, they weren't disrespecting Allen, but see, nobody likes Allen. Everybody loves Peterson, think he's a great coach. You know, he's made, he's made Trevor Lawrence a much better player. Just look at it. You can't, <laughs> but just look at it. So, but nobody says a word about that. If you want to talk about something disrespectful, that was. That's the game on the line. You called a load play to kick out the end. You got the fullback leading up inside. I don't know if it would have mattered. And your quarterback tries to sneak it from the one and a half yard line and he can't even reach the goal line. No one. Have you read about that play no, at all? That's not talked about at all. That is. Of course it's not because they love Peterson. It's, of it, course it's not. It's, Nobody's going to mention that. That's, that's, and this is what affects us. How does that affect? It affects us in the betting market. Oh, sure. Because people listen to this stuff. And they say, oh, well, this guy, you know, they're believing what they're hearing instead of taking it back and saying, no, wait a minute, hold on. 
That's a non-story. Now, the story in New Orleans it came out maybe today. Would they hire John Gruden to be the offensive coordinator? I don't know. New Orleans numbers, when you really break them down over the year, uh, you know, when they were healthy and they did some good things, I mean, they actually got better as the year went on. I mean, they kicked the hell out of Tampa Bay in that game in the last game of the year. Yeah. Now, look, I don't trust them. You don't trust them. I don't trust Carr. He did play better the second half of the season when they were actually healthy. And you could see it, but nobody wants to look at those numbers. Everybody just wants to see, well, Dennis Allen got disrespected. I mean, when you look at New Orleans' numbers and you go through some of the things, I mean, they were pretty good, David. I mean, points per play, defensive rate, you know, what they were able to do. Their offensive line's 23rd in sack percentage. That's one of the worst categories they were in. When I, when I break down my numbers, which I did this morning, I mean, New Orleans was really good in a lot of areas. They couldn't sack the quarterback, nor did they protect him as well. But everything else, they were really good. To, to your point about it affecting us in the betting market, it's why Jacksonville was, you know, road favorites by three and a half, four points over Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. And it's we buy these five. narratives. It was five. five and a half. Yeah, you buy it the narratives of all of them. Well, they're much better. And they got, they got their heads handed to them in a game that meant the playoffs for them. And nobody's sitting there saying, oh, well, they underachieved. And they did. Right. Now, you know, Mike Caldwell got fired. His offensive – everybody got fired. The whole staff seems like they're getting fired. They're going to keep Peterson. You yeah. know, and they're going to keep Press Taylor. They say, well, make Press Taylor – here's what I, here's the one I love. They're going to make – let Press Taylor call plays. Like, Peterson's been calling plays. Like, whether Press Taylor calls plays or not, Peterson's on the headset. It's ridiculous. It's like people don't understand how the game's operated. You know, I, yeah, I heard somebody say today it was basically the, the solutions are leaving the building and the problems are staying in Jacksonville. That's going to be fascinating to watch. I heard Pete Carroll say, uh, quote, I plan to, ret- uh, to be coaching this team, unquote, when asked about his future in 2024. Here's another guy that the media had fired three years ago. And, you know, they, they don't make the postseason this year. They, they rallied to win their last game but come up a little bit short, had that big win over uh, – the Eagles on Monday night football. I look at Pete similarly to, to Mike McCarthy, like won a Super Bowl, And yet it feels like they're always trying to run him out of town. What do you make of, of Pete in the Pacific Northwest? Well, I think, look, you know, defensively, you have to be concerned. If you're John Snyder and you've worked with Pete for so many years, you got to say, we, what are we doing defensively? We can't stop the run. Is it players, coaches, or scheme? And I think that's kind of the conversation you have to have is what is really going on here? What mm. is going on? How do we fix this? Because really, when you break down their team, you know, I, you know, everybody, me included, was when they let, you know, when they traded Russell, you know, who's going to play quarterback? They got to draft a quarterback, all that. But, you know, their team wasn't good enough around them. But this year, you know, they, they couldn't stop the run. They're 27th in yards per attempt. They're 31st in yards allowed on the ground. And when you play at a dome stadium, which essentially they do play, even though it, you get rained on, it's so loud there. It's mm. like a dome. When you're 29th or 31st in yards allowed on the ground, you're not good on defense, especially at home with crowd noise. Like if you let the Steelers go up there and run for 174 yards in a game you have to win, it's deeper than just the players are not good enough. It's it's by the way, why have a half dome if you're going to get rained on? Like just, just <laughs> yeah. I don't them. think the people. Well, some people don't get rained. I think the end zone guys people yeah, do there. I think you're right. It's I like think the covers, University of Washington has the same thing. Everybody's covered up except the field. I think they think that's an advantage of playing up there in the Pacific Northwest for the traveling. But I think teams. you have to if you live up there. You got you got to enjoy a good <laughs> rainstorm. I mean, if you don't, you all should move. I mean, if you get depressed by rain, you're leaving town. Yeah, you don't stay in Seattle. Not the right place to be. Uh, when we come back, let's go to Will Hill. We're going to catch up with Will. 
Hill, his thoughts on what he's seen, what he plans to see this weekend in the NFL as well. And Michael, we still have a lot more news and notes around the league that we'll get to in hour number two, because uh, it certainly doesn't start and end with the news of Mike Brable today. So a lot more to get to in that regard as well. Don't go anywhere. Back with the King of New York next year on Lombardi Line. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.